0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome everybody. It's so nice that you could come, make yourselves at home, relax. There's wine for you. There's bread. These are the kinds of things that you hear when you go to a party. and There are all kinds of parties. Some are just drop-ins. Stay a few minutes, some for an hour or more. If you go to a wedding, it's probably going to be several hours. There's the service and there's the reception. And uh, if you were in the first century and going to a Galilean wedding, you might be there for several days because this was a week of activity. It's understandable that it's hard to gauge how much how much wine your guests are going to going to consume over days so it might run out and that's the occasion into which we're dropped and yet we're learning and intuiting we're possibly discovering things that uh, are really profound just with certain details of this story it's Only 11 verses, but it leads us to think about many things. I'm learning to read John in a new way. We had a New Testament scholar at the clergy conference, and she was quite brilliant. And she repeated something I'd read in N.T. Wright, that even the prologue of John, that first 18 verses, has in it almost a poetic table of contents where you're, you're looking at things that you're going to learn more about or feel more about as the rest of the stories unfold in that first 18 verses you hear about life that's come into the world through the word life and light the light that illuminates all people The light that shines in the darkness that all might believe. The true light which enlightens all people. You'll hear about glory. The glory of God. And these things point to things that are going to happen later. You'll hear the term in the first verses, grace upon grace. And you're going to find in there that there is a multitude fed with bread and fish. You're going to find that as we first get going, we have this story. Where there's more wine than anyone would have imagined available to the guests. Grace upon grace. Something new is happening with the emergence of this person of Jesus into the world nothing is the same of course they're only just getting that idea Mary seems to know because she has been visited by angels she has been talking things over probably with Joseph with Jesus and who knows who else the disciples who have just been called in fact Jesus has just called that last guy Nathaniel who might be the same character as Bartholomew in other lists. So the, the the pupils are intact, and on they go. They've all been invited to this wedding in Cana of Galilee, not too many miles from Jesus' hometown in Nazareth. But I, I am learning to read John in a new way, that when you see something here, it might connect. It's almost like a link on a on a computer website uh, where you you see it and you click it and you're going to go to three other occasions and learn about it. And so what are we going to learn at this wedding in Cana of Galilee? We're going to learn, for one thing, that Jesus and his mother have an odd conversation (laughs) where Mary... And she's not named. She appears in two main parts of John's gospel. And she's the mother of Jesus. But she comes to Jesus and says, they've run out of wine. And the literal Greek phrase there is, woman, what to you, to me? And so translators have been thinking, I wonder what sort of, first century idiom that is. What do you, to me? And so it's variously translated and in our modern translation here, woman, what is that to you and to me? It sounds like he's brushing her off. But does he brush her off? No. Maybe something else is happening. Maybe Mary is bringing up that that something, that purpose to which you were called Looks like it may be, feels like it may be happening. And Jesus seems to know what she's implying. And, and he says, my hour has not yet come. She has no rejoinder for that. But she does tell the people, mind you, do whatever he says. So she goes right on with it, like something really is going to happen here. Even if Jesus has said, I'm not doing anything. That's what it looks like he's doing, but what happens? He starts ordering things to happen. He sees these jars and he says, fill those jars up. Now, these are huge. These are 20 or 30-gallon receptacles. Rock. So somebody has made a really waterproof pot, chiseled it out of rock. And what, why are they there? They're there for the faith, for the Jewish faith, for the rites of purification. They're part of the washing up part of belief in God, getting cleaned up. But with Jesus' activity, they're undergoing a transformation, these jars of rock they are going from cleanup vessels to celebration vessels. You're going from washing to celebration, from cleansing to joy. So maybe Jesus is realizing that something is beginning. My hour, that hour, may not yet have come but it's right out there, and it's beginning now. We think of this season of Epiphany as a time when we reflect upon how it is that Jesus' identity and his purpose is discovered by the world around him. We've already begun this discovery. We knew that the birth was odd. There were shepherds that visited within hours There were angels that had visited the shepherds. There was a star that led astrologers from the east. There was a baptism where it wasn't like John's usual baptism, the cleaning up part of the faith. It was more like, let's inaugurate a new possibility for the world, a voice from heaven. Look this my son my beloved son listen to him the spirit descending something is beginning well we don't know anybody's name here except for for Jesus we know his mother we know his disciples Almost nobody knows exactly what's going on. But somebody worked hard to get that much water in those big pots. And so they're watching the whole thing. Jesus' disciples are watching the whole thing. And now there's a lot of water on hand. And when they draw it out, as Jesus has asked, and take it to the steward, it is wine and not just wine. It is wine that we suspect is the best wine that they have ever tasted. There's no risk of running out of wine anymore, even if they went a month. You know, isn't it a weird uh, idea? I mean, let's say you're having a party and you go, this is embarrassing. I think we're out of wine. And your neighbor says, hey, I've got some. Let me just go home and get it. Next time you turn around... There are 50 cases of wine lined up by the pantry. 600 bottles or more. Ridiculous. A ridiculous sign of abundance. Talk about your grace upon grace. It's an announcement. It's an epiphany that with Jesus something brand new is happening. And it's about God's incalculable grace coming into the world to affect Oh, the effect that Jesus can have if he is at your party. This is a day when we also discover that we are part of Jesus' effect on the world. It's It's a season in which we're taking stock of the fact that not only has God fulfilled something in Jesus, he's asking us to join in cooperative effort to make it real in the world. He's gifting the people for a mission. It comes at a nice time because this is the time of year when, well, just next week we'll be having our annual parish meeting and we'll be thinking about the year that we've just had, the year ahead. Some new leaders joining our established leaders on the vestry, thanking people for their amazing effort. We're thinking about the gifted nature of, of the people of God, and the important work that a parish community of faith has to do in the world. And that's why it's great to hear Paul when he thinks about, you know, we're differently abled, but we're all gifted. And there's no gift that's insignificant because every gift is part of the one Spirit. And so you are gifted. You know this already. I mean, you're out there accomplishing things. You don't do that without gifts. But you're gifted for work in here in the church and out there for God in the world. You are part of this new thing that God is bringing about. There's a... Closing, and I'm almost ready to close, but there's a closing prayer that I thought was beautiful for these scriptures and these readings. It comes from Katie Cook in her book. And she says, uh, may the one who turned water into wine turn our tedium into a festival and show us how to alternate between commitment and carnival. May God's will be done here where we live. May impossible things come to pass. May we find strength in the journey and joy in the struggle through the grace of God. That's us. We're, We're getting to work. It's exciting to be in this life together. Life is exciting when we realize that each Moment is filled with possibilities that God is asking us to do, inviting us to be partners with with God in divine creativity and wholeness each moment of the day. I hope you feel that I hope you discover that and walk in that as you go about your week. you know every every Sunday is like a wedding <laughs> and and every week is like a festival of reception where we see what being fed can do out there in the world. Now, he's begun the time moving toward the hour that is coming. My hour, my, my time has not yet come. But I said that Mary, Mary appears twice in John's Gospel, the mother of Jesus, here at a wedding and later at the cross. And the two things are connected. Like I said, things connect. Frederick Beekner has a, an, an interesting way about this. He. He says, uh, Christ is there. The joy of a wedding and maybe even tears are a miracle that he works. But when the wedding is over, he set his face toward Jerusalem and started out for the hour that had not yet come, but was to come soon enough. The hour when He would embrace the whole earth and water it with more than tears. I'm thinking that we are part of this transformation that Christ is working. I'm thinking that for sure. It's interesting how it is that there's transformation happening here. The people were there at the wedding. They were looking around at what was happening. They thought it was only ever water that went into those stone jars. And all these days later, when he gets to his hour, they may have thought that it was Jesus, just a man, who went into that rock tomb. But out came life Out came life that lasted and lasted and filled many a glass and fills you now as the festivities roll on. Be a part of these festivities, you gifted ones, you. Don't you dare think of yourself as plain water. You are fine wine.